0: Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Muchko. And here at Light Gray, we're going to talk about hometowns. Not just hometowns, but why we leave hometowns, what the stigma is of staying home, returning to hometowns, and all that stuff that that goes with that. Speaking of hometowns right now, uh, if you are in Minneapolis, you should actually come and see some of the stuff that's going on
1: yes so currently we have the cosmos exhibition still on display through the 22nd Um, so it has a hundred original pieces of artwork on the walls that are all fiber optic originals which is really exciting Um, for the opening reception we'll probably have some photos pretty soon we turned out the lights and looked at the night sky as we heard some stories we are probably going to be doing a closing reception as well, just in case you want to stop by for the last couple hours on the 22nd to see all the fiber optics. Um, you can also check out all the pieces on the shop, which is labcom And
0: so on the 22nd, I think as soon as the sun goes down is when we're going to set all this thing ablaze. <laughs> what? I hope not. <laughs> Bonfire. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna torch it up. And so if I you want <laughs> to <the wrong> <laughs> Yeah. You're like farewell, like great right? Uh okay. I won't burn it to the ground, but we will flip all of the fiber optics <laughs> on. <laughs> and that'll be really great. So you should come and take a peek at it. It's really awesome. Um again, probably what does it get dark at like five now? So yeah, maybe around five like, o'clock I... we'll turn them on. Yeah, so thanks, five to seven. Time. Yeah, sucks. thanks a lot, daylight savings. So, um, what else do we have going on?
1: Well, if you guys haven't seen it yet, <laughs> with the Cosmos exhibition, there is actually a Cosmos Tarot and Oracle deck. So, it has all 100 pieces with gold foil and gilded edges. Um, it also comes with a 150 page guidebook that walks you through uh, the stories, the mythology, and some of the magic and folklore behind the night sky. So, you can read about each of the constellations, what they do, how they interact. Um, there's also a set of 22 oracle cards that are planetary bodies, astro bodies, and all sorts of like big influential space bodies in the night sky. That sort of shape <laughs> and shift how we perceive different things. Astro bodies, yes. So lots of like black holes and um, the pole of Jupiter and different things like that. So you dark can matter. see dark matter. Yes, that's important. I got that card yesterday. <laughs> did did it, you read your fortune? Uh, my sister did. Oh, how exciting! Mm. Mm. What did you say about dark matter? Uh, what did she say about dark matter? Yeah, um,
2: it had to do with uh, pursuing a fruitless project. Oh, you, can't, you can't see the benefits.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. Well, yeah. So the cosmos deck is really exciting. Um, in the back too, just in case you guys are unfamiliar with how to read, um, there's a bunch of different spreads that you can try out that are all inspired by. Uh, space phenomenons like star clusters or binary systems or things like that so you can see how you Interact with people the people around you and how you sort of have a push and pull between those things so, Yeah, so yes. grab one
3: of those because they're super cool.
1: Yes, they're awesome So you can also find those on the shop which is shop again Com.
3: And if you're looking to just come and have some fun and not buy anything <laughs> Come on down to like Gray game night because Woo-hoo. we have three left before the end of the year.
0: That's crazy. Where'd the year go? I I don't it's know. behind
3: us.
1: Yeah, I guess I
0: got to start seeing my
1: new uh, three is good. Three is a lot. Yeah. Resolutions. Oh man, I gotta Uh-oh. make those again. But... I didn't do any of mine. Oh, I should figure that. Out. I don't
3: remember what mine were. Uh, I think you
1: were gonna take photos every single day.
3: I didn't do that.
2: <laughs> you did
1: a pretty good job with that though. I, feel. <laughs> I think I was gonna write something every day, and I didn't do that
2: either.
3: I never that caught up Jenny. from did all Did the...
1: you do something close no, to that? No, I didn't do any. I mean, I write emails every day. That's good enough. <laughs> close enough. That's
3: good enough. Write the same emails to our artists every day.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. man, I didn't do mine either. Well, oh, that's okay. Sure. I mean, all of you. What three weeks left? So you can go and go to game night and write your write your daily three yeah. weeks of writing daily and then,
3: affirmations at game night.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And anyway. Then, oh yeah. You should just make realistic goals. Like I'm going to buy a game every week, and then probably achieve <laughs> <keep> a <your> goal.
0: <laughs> he already does it.
1: <laughs> I know. Right. So then he'll be a super achiever. So. Anyway, also... (laughs) The
3: next light gray game night that's coming up is November 19th. So that's in about two weeks. Um, It's right before Thanksgiving. So the theme is food. So we're going to be playing Ah. games that revolve around food in some ways. Games like Sushi Go, where you're collecting sets of delicious sushi. Maybe Agricola, where you're farming, if anybody's up for some wonderful subsistence farming simulations. (laughs) Or... Uh, maybe even Sheriff Nottingham, where you, what do you uh, do there?
1: Smuggling goods? you're
3: smuggling apples and oh. pepper and honey and things like that into the border or maybe
2: there's also a game that, that, that I really, I kind of it. like
3: that. Um, one of our guests brought called red dragon in where you're basically at a bar eating food and getting in fights and it was actually pretty fun. So maybe he'll bring that one back.
0: That's really funny. That's really good. So that that
3: one's coming up November 19th. And then I'll just let you know the two after that. The next one's December 10th, which is two weeks after November 19th. Is it? That seems like longer.
1: I think that might be three weeks.
3: Uh Uh-oh. I better check the calendar. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. No, maybe it's not. Right now it's December 10th and the theme is ice cold thanks to the weather that will probably be ice cold by then. And then finally, December 17th, which is only one week after that.
0: It's because that there's a thing in there. That's why. A holiday? Oh, because... No, a no. uh, uh, opening. Oh. That's why. No, you did a good job. Keep okay. going.
3: Yeah. And then, uh, and then Helping Out is on December 17th, since everyone will be in the mood to help their feather... feather <laughs> <laughs> their feather. <laughs> their fellow brethren. Oh. Uh, and oh, we'll be playing like games where you are working together to succeed.
0: I might go that's to that good. one then. You
1: should. You should. Go to we all play them.
3: games where you work together every time. Last time we played Escape, which is cooperative, and that game is Forbidden super fun. Desert, which oh, is co- man. cooperative. Well,
1: that's
0: I only like those two
2: games. The Grizzled
3: is cooperative.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. We. Oh wait.
2: What's I feel like the Grizzled is appropriate on? for Christmas. Also.
3: It has. It is. In it. It actually is listed here, and it is there is a Christmas card in there. There is. Which but is the it's, only it's, good card in the game. <laughs> Everything is else World is painful, and then all of a sudden, Christmas happens. So that's like your moment of respite before heading back into the horrors of war.
0: Oh
2: man! Best Christmas story ever. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> my, uh, it's my seriously, it's my favorite. Did you? I actually last night just watched a commercial that I think was World War One. <laughs> Sainsburys did for 2014 Christmas. I Sainsburys, don't know it is. I think, is a department store, and it like ma- it made me cry like forever. Lindsay will probably cry.
0: Oh, no, then it's I'm definitely not going to watch it. I,
2: it's a happy cry. It's so good. Oh, it's like, so is good. Talking? Is it about World War One? <laughs> it's about World War One, and it's okay. about the... what is What did they call it?
1: That, the, it was the Christmas thing in World okay. War One. All right. Anyway. Anyway, that's in, game night. <laughs> you're in the mood for Christmassy things. We actually have a end-of-the-year art swap. So this is our fourth annual Make My Holiday art swap. We're so um, old. Yeah. <laughs> so it is so easy. This is the one of the most fun and easy ways to participate so you can put your name on the blog and your email, and then we will match you up with another artist from around the globe. Um, you can get to know your partners, send them something really cool that you made, and then um, they will send you something. So it's really fun, and it's just in the spirit of the holidays.
0: It's really nice. I really like Make My Holiday. It is super fun. I always get really into it and make something ridiculous for somebody. It's just yeah. really, yeah, I'm really into it. So definitely take a look on the blog for that. And then... Um, Did we talk about Bowerbird yet? We haven't yet. Oh, well, guess what? We got (laughs) another show coming up on uh, December 4th from 7 to 10 p.m. You guys are welcome to come here and celebrate with us. We've got the opening reception of Bowerbird, which is all about curators and collectors. And so... We asked a ton of different artists to look through their crazy collections and find some unique or esoteric or strange, bizarre collections and do a piece about them. So you'll get to learn a little bit about why people collect what they do and also whether or not those collections were on purpose or maybe if they were, I don't know, accidental. I've got a bunch of accidental ones. Francesca, do you collect angels accidentally?
2: No, I.
0: Has anybody I'm ever. In this
2: show, uh, finding a collection was difficult. Really? What are
1: you, you going to do for your
0: collection? Because she's a purger. You just purge you all
2: spoil your it stuff. On the podcast? I do like to purge. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I did come up with an idea
0: that I like. You did? Oh. So. Right, I'm going to just. <laughs> I'm going to be like, how many dust bunnies can I find around my house? How many hairballs can I find around my house? <laughs> and I'll be like, a billion. Here is a dissection of all the hairballs that all the cats have ever done. I need like an encyclopedia. Yesterday
3: when we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, Lindsay took my comb and then brushed the hairballs out of our ancient cat.
0: I did. Oh, that was your comb? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Combs are easy to clean. It's fine. She needed it. She needed it more than you did. So I did do that. So I could could maybe talk about that on my... um, piece, But I won't. I'll save all you guys for that. Anyway, it's coming up uh, December 4th, and I'm really excited for it. And so it's one of our, our swap projects. And so as you guys know, we do collaborative projects here at Light Gray. And this one is one of our, I guess, maybe once a year or so, we put together a big swap where all the artists involved get one of everything in the entire gallery and so if you guys like that um, kind of thought it's really fun to get to know people that way and of course you know we're hoping that once people receive the giant package of postcards they'll resend about into the world and then again um, share art again and again and again forever so but it'll be really very cool so we'll have um, lots of stuff coming up shortly for information for Bowerbird and then also a new call for art to keep an eye out i was supposed to do that last week um. <laughs> so one of these days it's got to get out here for our January show So if you've been waiting for a chance to participate in something um, Keep your eye peeled Only one of them Just one Just one on the blog And so that'll be on lightgrayartlab.com slash blog um, With all the information for upcoming stuff So is there anything else?
1: Nope I think that's it
0: Great okay So here is what I wanted to talk about today Um, This is spurred by an article that Chris sent to us which fairly funny the um the i was offended and roused is that a, not aroused not aroused i was <laughs> I was rousing no just roused yeah the rouse. yeah just roused and then um <laughs> jenny watched a documentary and we've had all of these different thoughts lately because um recently in our tiny little world people have been moving people have been deciding they might move here. We've had family members show up, people depart, like all sorts of crazy stuff. And we, we're thinking about the idea of home, but not in a way that we've talked about it before. So the first the first part of this I wanna say is how many of you guys think that there's actually a stigma for staying home in your hometown? Like for not leaving. I Never... Yeah,
3: right? I think there probably is.
0: And why yeah. is that? What do you think people think about that, and why do you think they think what they um, think?
1: I mean, I definitely had that feeling when I moved away. As soon as I moved away, anyone who was staying, I had a weird vibe towards <laughs> you know, I was like, you're not going anywhere. You're not experiencing anything. How do you know anything outside of this, like, suburb? Yes. I and also why had the
2: same experience. You thought um, that, too? I, I didn't. Well, initially, so I I went to college in my hometown before I left. And I was angry that everybody who left kind of snidely remarked that anybody that stayed at home was not doing it right. And I was very mad about that. And they also had tended to bash our hometown. So I was also mad about that. I do, I am happy that I left, but I also feel like that's not, that's not right to say that your hometown didn't contribute anything to your experience as a but why do
0: you think people say it though why do you think people is that something that back in the day when nobody left a single person would leave and they'd be like that person's gonna do something fantastic and then they'd yeah, all watch him go down the road and then they'd be like
2: yeah I feel like that almost seems more positive than the way it is now where now if you don't leave then you're just a loser
0: so, yeah. okay, and <laughs> well, we all know that this conversation is going to spiral into a bigger thought about staying home and coming back home and all that kind of stuff, but so did you have that same feeling, Chris? Were um, you like, I got to get out of here?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I it wasn't like as dramatic as like a m- movie where they're like, I'm nothing if I don't get out of this town, this town's going to break me or whatever, but I, yeah, I was just like, oh man. <laughs> It wasn't really an option to stay there because I knew I was going to go to school somewhere and there's no schools in that town. So I had to go somewhere. But um, yeah, but I, I think there is there is just like a stigma and it's not even just like about my town or your town or anyone's town. But I think there's just a stigma that, you know, TV and movies and things create that like there's the people who leave town and go do things and then there's the people who stay in town and just like inevitably fall into some sort of black hole of
1: like obscurity famous? or something. Yeah. I don't
3: know. Yeah.
0: Well, we all know that that's not true. Yeah, I
3: know. It's totally not true. And
0: no. But we, but I think it is interesting. I think every single one of us has probably fallen prey to the concept that if you don't leave, you're not doing it. I actually
3: think it's like a very harmful st- stigma because I, f- I feel like it makes people go do things when they don't need to for any reason. It just like forces random change in some cases mm-hmm. where people are like, well, I can't stay here maybe there's a wonderful place for them there in their community or a job or something like that but instead they're just like well I'm just gonna leave because that's what people do I'm just gonna yeah. leave
1: well did you also experience this after school like a, a lot of my friends were like now that I'm done with school I need to go somewhere else like I can't just stay in Minneapolis forever yeah, I've
3: yeah seen there that definitely too. was like an yep, exodus yeah. yeah of people who all kind of like which is fine. I mean, some of them probably went home. Some of them probably went to places where they're getting jobs and things like that.
0: And there's somehow some strange, like, mysterious pressure coming from where. Nobody knows where. Right. Why they have to leave again and again But once
3: again. I was in Minneapolis, then I was like, I've already made my journey from home and I'm not going to do it again. This is my home now.
0: Well, here's a question for you guys. So, So people leave, right? And they go to whatever their first thing is you know, and they're sitting there for a second and then they come home and they report back to their families and their friends from high school or whatever. And they're like, guess where I am and what I'm doing? And they've got stuff to say, right? So where do you think in the world or in life or in time, where do you think the concept of, of having like a worldliness or like a cultured, um, you know, list of experiences, where do you think the importance of that showed up? And do you think people still importance on like how far you went and how crazy your experience was or like how you know did you go down the block to go to community college i think it's did probably
3: to- from a long time ago i think it's probably from back in the day where travel was impossible and yeah, anyone who like did was China. like a true adventurer who really saw things that no one else in the world could ever possibly see
0: yeah. and do you think people just hang- hung on to that
3: i think probably
0: and do you think it's more because they just want to hear about something that's different than whatever's going on wherever they are? Or do you think it's, there's like a, let me give you an example. And I told you this in the car. I used to go home for Thanksgiving and my sister, um, I think for, uh, I think the first first school she went to was in Scotland. And so um, it was called St. Andrews and every Friday they would have a ball can you even believe it? I don't even know why. <laughs> That's awesome. But they would have a formal ball every Friday, and they would get up in their fancy outfits, and um, you know, it was like in a really old, old school. And she would um, kind of tell us about it all the time. And and then where I went was I went to Minneapolis, which is about a six-hour drive away from my hometown, so that was not that far away. And it was I. You know, at the time, whatever, one million years ago, uh, the neighborhood wasn't that great. There's like trash all over the ground and boarded up houses and all sorts of creepy stuff over here. And so we'd go back to Thanksgiving and my aunt and uncle would be like, oh, Lindsay, what are you doing these days? Oh, Minneapolis? Oh. That's nice. Victoria, tell us all about Scotland and every single thing that you're doing and every nuance and every detail. And I would sit there and I'd poke at my peas and mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I was like, this sucks.
2: <laughs> do, do you think it might have came from the the like, the like fact that they have no prior knowledge about what Scotland's like, but they might have a better idea of what Minneapolis is like?
0: So probably. Like, probably. What is, the,
2: what is that country like?
0: I'm sure. And the, But the interesting thing was, I feel like there is... No matter whether or not that it was just out of out of crazy, like, I've never seen that before. I don't know what that is kind of interest. It still always felt like the further you went, the more importance was given to that experience. Like, oh, oh, this person. Oh, like, like for example, my parents talk about some of their friends' kids and they're like, oh, well, that, that guy is a doctor in Ethiopia. And they bring it up like it's the only thing that that guy's ever done, you know? Or, mm-hmm. like, um, this person is doing whatever in this, like, crazy land. And then that's, like, what defines who they are. Oh, mm-hmm. Victoria's going to Scotland for school. Like, that's the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just like when you talk to some people and they're like, they're like, where, where do you live? Or where, where are you from? And then, of course, they probably have been a transplant from, like, a billion places. And then they say, oh, I'm from, and then they put in a word that is the, the coolest version, the coolest place that they would have lived not necessarily the last place or the longest place that they've lived, but the one with the name, with the thing. I yeah. see. Do like, you know what I'm talking like about?
3: Chan Hansen. Well,
2: Chan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> well, for instance, like Je- our friend Jesse. Mm-hmm. Do you think he tells people that he's from New York City when he's now that he's in? He's
3: no, in I think Europe? Jesse says Colorado, even oh, though yeah. he's really from Wyoming.
2: Oh Jesse! Oh, oh Jesse! Right so
0: so I didn't actually know that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Because he always just says Colorado. From...
0: Yeah, and you know, and so how do you he determine? Lived in for a minute. Yeah. How do you determine what where you're from? Then you know, or like, or like when somebody says, "Oh yeah, where," you know, "Where do well, you live?" And then they're like, "Well," and then, they like the lived, and then they like look through the big list of places they've ever lived, and then they pick which one. What do you pick? Do you pick the coolest one? Well, if somebody I... asked
3: me right now, then I would just say here. I would I say where this... I live currently.
0: You really yeah. not where you're where are you from
3: where am i from yeah where it depends i guess if somebody was asked i guess it depends or on like, the context of the question up? i was imagining you met somebody like if i was traveling and i met somebody like let's say i was traveling around iceland and i met somebody and they said where are you from i would say minneapolis but Just if like i met that. somebody here <laughs> and said yeah. where are you from originally or you know then i would oh, say yeah. or did you
1: grow up or something where did you grow up yeah yeah which I think is different. Well, I can't tell, like, I know I also fall into that category of people who are like, oh, this person, they're in this country. They're now so exotic. This. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I can't tell whether it is because the journey <laughs> to get there takes so much more effort or energy or purpose. You know, when you're like, I'm going to Ethiopia, that is intentional and purposeful and it takes a long flight and a lot of energy and like, figuring out your situation before you get there than it would to like go to another city and just pick up somewhere in the U.S. Um, I also think most countries have a lot more history than the U.S. And so it is probably, I don't know, like their culture is more diverse and like it has more depth or something. And when you say
2: Ethiopia, too, you're talking about someone who goes there to live, right? Not somebody yeah, who's going like there if, just to, like, have a well, vacation. Well, maybe.
1: If yeah. Well, this yeah, guy does live there. Yeah. That's what he does. But yeah. I guess there's, like, the two versions of people who travel. One is, like, the person who wants to go to a country to, like, experience something and humble themselves and learn about themselves. And then the other person is somebody who wants to, like, escape tell, or, yeah, that too. I was going to say to, like, tell people that they went there. And show off their china that they got from wherever. Their <laughs> vacation photos.
0: Well, I I feel like that probably comes down to the personality too. And I'm sure we'll talk about that also in like these different scenarios. I think when we talk about the importance of being worldly, I think you mentioned it. Like to humble your own cultural experience or to mm-hmm. kind of like see a different perspective. And we talk about the importance of that. And I think from an, from somebody on the outside, it is very interesting like what kinds of things when you're talking or introducing a friend or, um, you know, or whatever. If you're like, oh, this is my friend, whoever. These are all the things they've done. Sometimes that is one of the most like... Oh,
1: yeah. It's like making up a elevator pitch for somebody else. Yeah,
0: you're like, what are the most interesting things this person has done? They've been to wherever and they do this and they've just come back from their trip to Mount Everest. I have a friend,
3: Josh McKevitt, who works on... Hollywood movies like Spider-Man and such. I don't know what else he works on, but he works is on that stuff. Is that his stuff. elevator? He's, no, no, no. Oh, his elevator okay. pitch is that he won a magic tournament when he was in ninth grade. <laughs> that's my elevator pitch <laughs> for him. You're like, I'm going to pick That's like the one thing that I always person. remember I'm like. like he's, he's done so a lot of cool things, but I'm always like, he won that magic tournament in like ninth grade.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's like, and it yeah, is really that, interesting. Yeah, pick them. Yeah, yeah. Pick one of your one of your accomplishments. That's a good one. And then, um, so with all of this kind of stuff, um, why do you think people actually end up leaving? Leaving. So they've traveled to
1: somewhere else. Yep,
0: they've traveled, or they've heard of somebody else's experience, or they kind of get like an idea of what is in a certain place. Why do you think people actually finally go and leave a place? I don't know. I mean, I
1: guess I can talk from my experience like I was deciding to go to school between Minneapolis and then um, Cooper Union in New York and I went to visit Cooper Union and I felt indifferent about the school there was no windows I felt really uncomfortable I was not super into New York it felt like that I was just I wasn't that into it and then I came to Minneapolis to visit the school and I instantly I came in the middle of winter and I instantly felt like it was home or something, and so I was just took a leap, which is hard because Cooper Union is also a free school, so it <laughs> was like a big leap of faith that something leap. was going to work out. Um, so that was like the only gut reaction that I had to follow, you know. So it was just sort of jumping into it. So you, so you did feel home?
0: like home, you said. There was like yeah, a I sense had of a feeling like, like
1: home. sense of peace or something, but I also didn't know anything about Minneapolis. That was my first experience here. And that was, it, you know, I didn't know anything about the culture or the art community or what to expect. I only knew what I knew about the school. And that, and was, that it. was enough. Yeah.
0: What about you?
3: Uh, me personally? I was going to say most people, I think, probably go for jobs. People, there's probably three reasons. It's like job or not even that they have a job, but it's the potential of jobs in that area. Um, we have friends who moved to LA recently without a job, but they know they want to be in animation. So they know that's like the place to go to try and do that. Um, Francesca moved for a job, um, and, and family. The second thing I was going to say would be family and whether that's like your immediate family or you just know people there. So if I was just trying to cast a net of the entire country of where I wanted to move, I'd probably say, well, I have relatives in New York, I have relatives in San Francisco and I have relatives in the, in, Upper Peninsula. in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. So those are my three places I can move. And then I would like I might start my search that way just because you would have that like foothold of somebody that you know. And
1: you've probably been there to visit. So and I probably
3: have been there. Yeah. But I mean I've been a lot I I think I've been almost to every state and everything so i've seen a lot of the country but i wouldn't even consider anything unless if i had a job or family there probably so here and the third final one is just like the dream and that's like i want to move to new york city because that's where to go or i want to go to like our friends moved to hawaii for like how long a month (laughs) And they're like, Hawaii. And well, then they're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. But like, there was a dream where they're like, this is where we want to go. And it wasn't because of job or family, but it was because of...
0: We got to test it out sometimes. But I was going to yeah. say, the second one, friends or family. Don't do you don't you think that that puts a lot of pressure on the people in that location to take care of you once you it there?
3: Puts, if it's friends, then maybe it does. But if it's family, not really. Um, I think that most family are happy to... I mean, at least... I'm looking at Lindsay. She's giving me an eye or something. No, I've got something <laughs> to
0: say. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay. I think most people are more than willing to help out a family member or whatever. But I do think it is pressure if somebody's like, if you're the only person they know and they're like, I'm going to move to the city because of you. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Like, <laughs> no, we're not that good of friends. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, no. You're like, well, I am not really that kind of like friends. You. But you're,
3: you know, yeah, you yeah. already have your own. You, we already are so busy that we don't even have time for our friends that we have. And I'm just like, yeah. don't like if if i need to be your guide and best friend forever or whatever then don't that's a lot of pressure
0: don't well <laughs> i was going to say there's an article you recently read and this is why i asked you cuz i wanted to get your opinion first so Chris just sent us an article that somebody did on the city pages. And I think all of us, except for me, has read the whole entire thing. I read the comments, which is what I really enjoyed reading. You just
3: always just go straight to the comments. I love the comments. Which is the exact we, opposite of how you're supposed to work yeah, the I internet, know. but whatever.
0: Yeah, that's okay. So, <laughs> but I would like you to talk about it for a second. So the gist of the article was that um, that a couple people... Probably more than a couple, but whoever uh, was interviewed in this article on the city pages was talking about how Minneapolis has particularly cold people, just like our wonderfully cold climate. Which is in
1: contrast with the normal, like, Minnesota nice mantra
0: yeah the perception that everybody is a sweetheart over here and they were saying oh we can't get like nobody will invite us over i've tried really hard to make some friends here nobody's really a friend here
1: cats here and then you can't go anywhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like put on this put on this plastic suit you can come sit on my plastic couch so when they were talking about like why is it so hard to get to know people i had a couple thoughts you know i was i was actually even though even though you'll have to tell me the nuances of the article, when I heard that, I was like, what? That person's obviously not trying that hard to get to know people.
3: Or they're trying too hard.
0: Or, or they're trying too hard and they're a creeper. or like a super creeper.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Or, or what? Do you think it's actually real?
3: Well, why don't you tell us your thoughts?
0: Well, um, I think that here are reasons why somebody wouldn't hang out with another person. <laughs> okay. 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 So here are the reasons why I think people don't want to hang out with you. So I f- <laughs> with you personally. <laughs> <laughs> with a person. The first one is uh that they probably need some time to get to know you before inviting you into their like intimate world, like in some social situations. Like for example, hanging out with a bunch of friends at a restaurant. Or going out somewhere to the run fair, <laughs> you can see how good I am at making friends. So, <laughs> but you you know what I mean? Like going to a public social place where there's a bunch of people, and you can slowly get to know somebody and kind of like understand who they are. The second thing is, because um, if you're going straight to getting in somebody's living room, of course, for whatever reason, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to entertain somebody. Yeah. I I don't know. It depending on your personality, that may be really hard for some people. Or
3: depending on your home care. Depending on
0: your home care. Yeah. If you get
3: like even our house, Lindsay's even our best friends that we've known forever, Lindsay's like, they can't come in our house right now.
0: Yeah. So um it's but too then
3: yeah, filled with cats.
0: There's so many cats in there. But then um the other thing is I think that people often expect and you could tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like people often expect the same kind of instant camaraderie as they had when they were in college. And then when you get somebody who is like a couple years out of college and they've got a job to go to or maybe just they just got stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, you just can't be 100 percent just walking up to somebody's door yeah yeah you just can't like show up at somebody's house just sit on their couch while they're doing their laundry you know like you used to in college and i feel like the expectation of having those moments like that is really hard to do especially if somebody's got like a significant other or a bunch of stuff that they've got to do and priorities become like i have to finish these things and it's not because i don't like friends you know (laughs) but it's hard you know you're an adult but i feel like i feel like you're you just are in a different environment and then the last one is like like maybe
1: um maybe this person's like
0: just not very fun to be around
1: yeah maybe or i also think unless you're a super socialite after college it is harder to meet new people because you're around like your work environment or whatever your daily routine is and you don't really step outside of that
0: that's true
2: I feel like I'm the same
1: as I always was. So I
2: I think this is I I found this very amusing, this whole article. I thought it was article? Yeah. I kind of think this person is stupid. But I (laughs) uh, honestly, okay, here's the other thing. This is maybe going back a couple steps. Um, but the so this article that Chris I'm sure you will link to reminded me when I first moved here, my coworkers were like oh yeah, it's going to be hard because we have this thing called the Seattle Freeze. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, that's how, that's that's the thing where no one in Seattle wants to make friends. And here is the definition that I Googled. The Seattle Freeze refers to a belief that it is especially difficult to make new friends, particularly for immigrants from other cities in the city of Seattle, Washington. <laughs> oh, good. Been, so
0: you have one and in, we have one. Ter-
2: the term may have been coined in a 2005 Seattle Times article. So I, I heard when they said that and I was like, that's funny because we have one of those. Yeah. And, and so I kind of feel like this might just be every once in a while somebody from a
0: newspaper gets mad about none of their friends wanting to hang out.
1: <laughs> and they that make up a be. term
0: <laughs> in the 2000s. Yeah. 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 And then, it, well, maybe that's, maybe that's exactly it. They're just like every state must, it's just really hard. Yeah, to and we friends. were talking I with our it's...
3: friend who just moved to L.A. the other day. Well, he moved there a year ago now. Wow, he's been there a long time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like just yesterday. Wow, this year has gone fast. Um, Yeah. But he was just saying that, you know, he had seen this article and he was saying that it's just a different type of social outcastness in in L.A. where there it's easy to meet people, but it's – he can't – like everyone's willing to do stuff, but he feels like everything is super surface level.
0: Well, okay. And I'm
3: sure that it is – I'm sure that all of these places are pretty much the exact same, but there is like maybe slight social differences. They're I- in the identical. Way you're
0: I'm sure that's identical. Well, the, that's the funny thing about that is I feel I feel like I feel like when you're not like twelve, you go out of your way to make sure that you have a cordial experience with everyone, like unless you're a total. Right pee hole, or unless, you know, you have no social skills, you're going to be nice to somebody when you meet them at first. It it does not make you, like...
3: I would say up to 12, and then there's a period between 12 and 17 where all of a sudden you're not nice, and then you're nice again. Okay,
0: that's fine. And then... But I feel like like you know as like a functioning human being that you're supposed to be a pleasant person and that does not mean that you have to hang out with that person after they go away. So just because you had a nice hangout time and somebody tolerated you for like, you know, an hour doesn't mean that you're instant friends either. You know what I mean? And I think, okay, so that I sound like a horrible person. No one's ever going to want to hang out with me. But <laughs> no, then but- the second thing I think is, and and Francesca, you can tell me what you think about this. Like, I feel like to have a real friendship You have to be willing to be a little vulnerable. And I feel like in most real friendships, you've either had a real conversation about something beyond just what's going on in sports or like what's going on in some like external thing. You're actually talking internally about who you are if you want to have like a lasting friendship or and if you don't just jump right in and share your like heart's feelings right off the bat. You either have to wait a long time. And if you think, you know.
2: I think it's a combo. I don't think you can just like be like, okay, we've met twice. Now I'm gonna dump my guts at you, and I don't think you'd expect to be friends. And I also don't think um, re- repeating tiny little small chat for like four years is gonna necessarily make yeah. you well, I, no like best friends either. We but also... oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that I do think, um, I think I was gonna talk about the time thing and also sacrifice a little bit. Like I think. If, if you meet someone and you go and you have coffee, and then next week you go, or two weeks from then you go and do another thing, I'm I'm thinking about game nights actually. And you start to see this person, you know, every two weeks for like a year or two years. After a point, there's gonna you're probably gonna think, you know, maybe we're ready to take it to the next level. We could hang out outside of this one thing, and then maybe. You know, you actually have a real conversation. This is how it works for me, anyway. Like, I'm not gonna dump my guts on the first the first meeting, but eventually I might because I feel like it's worth it. And this person's kind of earned that because they have that's consistently funny. showed
0: up. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't hang out with me for like a year and a half, and I was yeah. like Francesca. Well, that's, not, that's
2: not just you. That's not just you. That's, that's I remember how it is.
0: having to work really hard at that, and that was really funny. I wish Jenny was here to see this. I know Chris was because yeah. I was just like. <laughs> I tried so hard to be your friend and I was like Francesca's great <laughs> like
3: and I was like prove it
0: prove it <laughs> <laughs> But it is really funny, though, that you say that because I feel like some of that might come up to, like, individual attitude and how resilient you are, how, like, yeah, how much time passes and all of a sudden you're like, you know what, this, I enjoy this person's company beyond just meeting here every two weeks, you know?
2: Right. Well, the the other thing is it takes a long time, but then once you've reached that point, then, then the person can do whatever and they're still your friend. So it's kind of like, I feel like that slow buildup is, it's more permanent than, than like, I don't know. You feel like it's it's worth fighting for no matter what. Um if you have that that history, you know, of of slow friend build up.
1: Mhm. Well, do you guys ever feel like so and I was thinking about this specifically because of like personality types and stuff. There are people that you meet that you instantly feel like you've known forever, mm-hmm. and then it's easy to be their friend or there's people you're like I don't understand how this person works.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a real thing. I
2: think I think that is personal top. I agree, Jenny, though. I I also have that where I'm like, yeah, I could talk to you forever. Um, yeah, and
1: it's easy. But- and then those are the people you actually become friends with. And then the other people you just be acquaintances with yeah
2: I, I remember i'm trying to think back i remember the first time i like decided i like had a friend moment with you jenny we uh-huh. were hanging a show and you were like you just had been hired i can't remember It was the first show you hung after you had been hired i think it was fairy tales and oh, florals yeah, maybe. yeah and i remember just like being like i i don't know i, I don't even remember much other than hanging a show and having like very small talk about hanging the show, but I enjoyed it. So I was yeah. like, this is cool.
1: well, I think it makes sense. I mean, we also have the same personality. But I mean, I had that with all we of do. you guys where I was just like, none of us have a facade, you know, we're all just being ourselves in a space, which is nice. It's refreshing than like most work environments. Um, but I do think it is tricky when you're like trying to Like, how do you decide, like, I'm going to make that person my friend?
0: Oh, like, why did I do that? (laughs) 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 Well, I feel like I feel like in my case with Francesca, I mean, like you said, you recognize something in somebody and you're like, that person is exceptional. And for whatever reason, you're like drawn to them, you know, and I, I feel like this is how like relationships work in life. You know, there's something about somebody that's alluring and exciting and, you know, awesome. And you're like, whatever this means, this person is incredible and I just want to be around them all the time. And so I can be super smothery, like really, really smothery. And I know that about myself. I was smothered like smothered the crap out of Francesca, I'm sure, every day of your life while you lived here. But it's, um, it is interesting because I think some personalities like mine, I'm like, well, unless this gets super weird, then I think I'm going to... Try and hang out with this person, and like I'm sure you declined me how many or millions of times Francesca yeah, but it wasn't just you though,
3: yeah, and that's don't, okay, don't
0: and that's okay, and I feel like I feel like in my thing, I'm usually pretty uh I persevere <laughs> like m- longer than a normal person probably would, but I know some other people would have been like, well, that's obviously a sign shouldn't hang out with Francesca see you later, Francesca, and and for whatever reason, you know, um, the people who stick around probably have a better chance of being friends with you, unless they're a super creeper, Francesca, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, I don't know, I also feel like that that your persistence has changed my attitude about it, because I feel more inclined to give people a chance than I used to. But I also, no matter what, I'm going to take four years to be a friends with somebody. So That's fine. <laughs> that's I feel good. like that's
0: fine. Everybody's got their own timeline. I'm either yeah. instant instant friendship, uh, and then as long as nothing horrible happens, <laughs> then it stays up there. Or yeah. n- not so interested.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, so part of the article was talking about people who are Minnesota natives who sort of stick together. And I think that is... Kind of true. Like I'm married to a Minnesotan, and I hang out with his friends often. And he has a really big group of friends, and they're all really close knit. And for a long time, like my uh, and I'll admit this, but my favorites in the group switch r- like often. And I it's taken me a really <laughs> long time to get comfortable with everyone and like them all for their own like weird quirks. And I think it's funny when you grow up with a bunch of people. Of course, they're going to branch off and be totally different. So there's a huge variety of like industries and type of work and like things that they do and stuff like that. So it's taken me a really long time to like appreciate them for their special qualities. <laughs> but I do like them, but it's taken a long time. But I've also felt like a weird imposter for a long time because I just sort of like joined up with this collection of people, you know, who had known each other forever. So there wasn't any serious life talks you know because they already knew each other
2: yeah did you feel um did you feel that you were an outsider to begin with like did you feel this Minnesota thing
1: yeah I used to get frustrated because I was like I feel like I don't know any of these guys no matter how many times you hang out because nobody says like in my personal life this is what's happening it's all sort of in the moment conversation So usually Mm -hmm. I used to get upset because those are conversations I like and that's how I get to know people is like having real conversations with people. And so it's frustrating for a long time. But I think over time, like you were talking about with like getting to know people over four years or something, it makes a big difference. And you start to see who they are versus hearing how they are. That is a good
2: point. Oh, sorry. You You can go.
0: Nope, that's all I had. (laughs) I was like, good point. And then I shook my head. Uh, it
2: reminds me, though, also of um, I will bring up Harry Potter again. But uh-huh. in the first Harry Potter book, when Hermione becomes friends with Ron and Harry, remember this? Yes,
0: they I have, don't remember they have, this.
2: They, I'll, we will tell you. We'll spoil it. Sorry, that's fine. But they had they defeated a troll, so they wanted to be friends. Hermione wanted to be friends with them, and
1: they thought and that she was she annoying.
2: They thought she was annoying, and she was, so she'd kind of tag along all the time, and then they they got trapped and we're gonna probably be destroyed and then they fought this troll together. And then after that they were just friends. Like they didn't they didn't talk about it. They weren't like, okay, you can be with us now. It was like They had a bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually that's another thing that brings up friendship is if you have if you do have something like that, like you share a personal it's it's not just sharing a personal thing about yourself. It's also sharing a personal moment that you both together have to go through, then and I actually find that, I don't know, there's something about that that I, I almost like the most. Like I think about it when I used to work in the bakery in high school and um, dealing with particularly hard days at work and you're dealing it with these people who are all different ages from all different backgrounds. I know Jenny will talk about waitressing and how that was kind of like that. And you you kind of both share in this agony and then because of that you decide that you're comrades
0: see isn't and that I, though like a movie moment does that really happen in real life i yes. think
1: it does like I when you were stuck does. in an
0: elevator jenny yeah, that's did exactly you exactly
1: what i was thinking of. were you friends with all those guys <laughs> well, <after laughs> I was stuck elevator. in the elevator by myself
3: oh but- she's better <laughs> oh, friends oh, with herself
1: summer, i was friends with myself oh. i was it through. But I do think that that is a real thing. Really? If you, like if you're yes. in a car crash together or if you oh. experience something horrible. You wouldn't or, be like, I
0: never want to see you again. I don't want to be no, reminded of I this think, thing.
1: I think it is, it is like a bonding moment. Or if you worked through a really hard project with somebody, you understand them differently than if you just did nothing together.
2: Yeah. Like you think about, what if you had to, this is an interesting thought, but what if you d- didn't, understand each other like one person wouldn't talk or maybe you weren't speaking the same language but you were doing the same action would you not feel some kind of like affection for that person after well, going through i have
3: an example when we got pushed out of a um right on the side of the road by that. a collection of people who spoke german and french and italian but none of them nobody spoke the same language i mean we didn't all go like let's continue this road trip together
0: wait what are you talking about
3: what uh in iceland when we got stuck we got stuck on the side of the road oh
0: well it was raining, horribly. And, it was raining
3: and we were like all the way down to the axel in mud and like there was probably i don't know like nine people and yeah like different couples or groups of people stopped and none of us spoke the same language
0: and you but we all we worked
3: together and then it was not a like, I can't believe this idiot got stuck on the side of the road thing. Like, everyone was cheering and smiling, and and, and we didn't, like, continue our journey together. We're not like, let's all just do the rest of this yeah. trip together. Well, you but sharing... you felt like these were, you know, Your you brother... shared an experience with these people, and now you're like, these are my people. You know, these people are awesome. And
0: I remember that, and I'm feeling that right now. I feel like those people are my people. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and we never I remember how I mean, nice that
0: was. Aww.
2: We
3: didn't even know their names or anything. No. We don't
0: know their
2: names, and we might never see them again. But if you did remember their faces, we'll probably, saw them <laughs> probably
3: again, never see them again.
2: But but you know what I mean? Like, if you saw them again, you would probably acknowledge them positively.
3: I doubt I would remember what I they were. Like. I, I don't
2: know if I would remember them, but I remember the I don't experience. Either. But if some German bad, man came up to me and said, Hey, I, I pushed dug you out, your one car time, out of a
0: thing. Then
3: if he came into the gallery. And he was like, oh. And then he stopped and looked at me and said, I know you. Then,
0: then you then, would run?
3: No, then you I... would oh. run
1: together and hug in the air?
3: Yeah. We...
1: No, but you would probably want... <laughs> like, think ukulele. about that, though. Think about...
2: Okay, if that happened, because it could happen in a weird way. If it happened, I think I would be like, hey, do you do you want to go for coffee? Because I know a coffee place around Yeah, the I was going to like, say, I'd, I'd buy him
3: like, a donut or something.
2: Yeah. I instinct... You'd instinctively, or not instinctively, but immediately you would think... I want to do something for this person. And that might lead to being a better friend, like an actual friend. Yeah. So I don't know. I still think there's something in that.
1: I think so too. I don't know. I mean, I I think there's a bunch of things like that, that like what would be the point of doing anything if you can't have experiences like that, you know?
3: Here's a funny little aside about that as well, uh, kind of about that. But when we were driving around the West Fjords, which is completely barren and no one's there, and especially off season, no one's there um you there's only one way to go so if anybody's going the same way as you you will probably end up seeing them every often on the court over the course of like four or five days or something and that mm-hmm. happened because every time you know we went somewhere the same like three people would be there
1: yeah we'd be <laughs> so like so eventually
3: yeah eventually we would, would like acknowledge each other and we would actually like talk to them i would a little bit i mean we didn't like Sit hey, there and have yeah, a picnic together or whatever, but eventually it was like people you were ignoring, and then you'd, you every time we'd get out or you know they'd arrive second or we'd arrive first or whatever. <laughs> I we'd like just to be think like, about oh, you hello. guys side
1: eyeing each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, what happened often like the first couple times we're like how weird, but really there's only like four restaurants and <laughs> so yeah,
3: and there's one road and so four restaurants, <laughs> so you're gonna see each other often, and we did, and then eventually it was kind of like. It wasn't like
1: random strangers.
3: Were we were just like, oh, yeah, there's those dudes. What's up, dudes? Yeah,
2: I think that's another thing. So, so okay, so there's the there's the the experience together, but then there's familiarity, which reminds me, I just watched a Star Trek Next Generation episode Aww. where Data is talking about... Yeah, I see you guys don't know this one. So Data's talking about uh, his relationship with Yar. Yeah. Do you remember Aww. this? Oh, jeez. Yeah.
3: And, oh, sorry. is this like long? Is this not first season then, right?
2: No, it's it's like not this is, he's, it's, he's
3: remembering it from his databanks.
2: He's, he's remembering it. And so data he's ex- trying <laughs> to explain as an android what it's like and why he he likes her because he does not have emotions. But he explains it as familiarity. Like you get used to somebody being there and that's his form of friendship and i was like oh that makes sense it makes totally makes sense and i think that's kind of what you when you're talking about your iceland repeating seeing people i think
3: or anything just your neighborhood be, the people you see at the coffee shop or the people you see whatever yeah. and eventually they just become yep, the regulars people you Part actually of your world. Yeah, yeah. you say more than hi to them and you kind of actually them. talk to them once yeah. in a while
0: so i've got a uh, thing that is kind of on the fringe of this but um jenny brought it up a little bit earlier today we were talking about like part of your neighborhood and the familiarity of certain places and so okay so in our conversation we started at home we got pushed for whatever reason to another place Mm -hmm. we made a new home we talked about making new friends and so what happens when you decide you want to go back to your hometown and go to a place that you are very familiar with on a very intimate level, whether it was, yeah, if it is your hometown or just a place that you used to live, you know. Um, we've had a couple of friends that have moved back to Minneapolis m- multiple times, even though some of them originally lived in wherever, Mankato or in Chicago or wherever. And they've somehow, a couple times, came back to Minneapolis as their like home mm-hmm. base so, Jenny, didn't you watch a movie the other day?
1: I did. It's called um, Parts Unknown, and it was specifically about Detroit. And I thought it was going to be really boring. I don't know. I think we always think of Detroit as now like dilapidated and corrupt and. It's a wasteland. A wasteland, you know? Like a lot of unemployment and whatever else. Um, but it was actually really fascinating. And they said there were something like 60 or 70,000 houses that are now abandoned. And there's a lot of arson and a lot of people burning their houses for insurance money or because they're tired of looking at it or <laughs> anything like that. They also said um, there are people who used to live there who are who left and are now fleeing back to Detroit to help like save their city or start something new, do something good. Um, they specifically focused on this chef who had been um, cooking at a five-star restaurant in New York, and then he left it and started his own business back in Detroit that's still a five-star restaurant. It's like a nice restaurant in a falling-apart town. (laughs) And so he's doing really well. And he was talking about why wouldn't he try and do something good there? Why wouldn't he employ Detroit people? Why wouldn't he start something if he has an opportunity to? And he's still like proud of where he grew up. Um, There's a lot of mentality of... Sort of helping out whoever else, so there's people starting restaurants in their kitchen, or there's a mowing club that meets up and mows the parks because they closed down the parks when the sort of government fell there um, so there's lots of pride in the people who've decided to stick it out, and that's like their motto now is people are like it's not about it's not about the city, it's not about anything else. It is about like the people who stayed are enduring and like trying to make the best of this bad situation. Um, and, like, realizing where you're from means something.
0: So in that case, it's, like, they kind of feel bad for Detroit. But in some other cases, people come home because of, like, a bazillion reasons, right? So you don't come home because you're like, that place sucked and I'm going to make it better. (laughs) Uh, But you could, right? Yeah, I
1: think a lot of people... Felt like it was their responsibility to make it better. You know, they are one well, of the people who stayed. But
0: what about the people who come home for other reasons?
1: Well,
2: the other thing is, I mean, you could say, oh, that place sucks and I need to make it better. But I also feel like if they did feel it was worth saving, they probably don't think it sucks
0: completely.
2: Yeah, they probably it's think, like
1: Gotham. People are like, it's like Gotham. it needs some help and it's horrible. But I'm it's, worth, it's worth saving. Out. It's worth saving.
0: So if you went home right now to your hometown... Yeah. Would you be like, this place sucks and I need to make it better?
1: So, actually, since I've left, it has gotten dramatically better. Um, Like, downtown used to be burnt down, horrible, closed down, nothing. Where were you from? Kansas City. And so now it has slowly been getting a lot better. And it just took a couple, like, really good things to open up downtown that people saw, like, potential. And it's, like... It's really growing. And now, especially like Royals just won the World Series and they closed down all the schools so people could attend the parade and stuff. So (laughs) there's a lot of pride and like hometown pride and people are making um, shirts that are like, I don't know, like Kansas City Hearts and stuff like that. And it's really cute and it's really awesome that people are taking pride in it because I think for years and decades, people weren't like super proud of it. And it wasn't on any list of, like, the top places to live. It was known for being, like, the meth capital and the Walmart capital and whatever else of the world. <laughs> oh, so no. It was thought of as sort of, like, a <laughs> oh, crusty, so gross. And also, it's extremely, like, it's right in the center where all of the historical stuff happened. So a lot of time people think of racism or, like, closed-mindedness or other things. And so I think it's now finally, like, finding its foothold in, like, a contemporary setting which I think is nice.
0: So what would you do if you went back? If
1: I went home, I would probably try and start something.
0: So you would go back and you'd yeah. be like, I need to do my part to do something probably. here? Yeah. I what would you know do? I
3: don't even know if it's, I need to, I don't, it, doing, starting something doesn't mean I'm going to make this place better. It's just like, I'm going to be, build something because that's what I do. Doing something? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that there's a certain point where kind of the opposite effect yeah. happens that people who want to f- flee their hometown realize that you know, after you've been to a few places, everywhere is kind of the same. And I know, Francesca, you were talking about this. It's like people who think that they're going to move somewhere and everything's going to be better are probably in for a surprise. But also anybody who thinks that wherever they are right now is the only place for them could probably be surprised because wherever you go, as long as you have the right attitude, it's, yeah, it's a wonderful place. See,
1: that's what I was thinking with friendship, yes. too. If you have the right attitude, you could probably make a friend.
3: You could <laughs> make one. Then you're yeah. done. And right attitude plus
2: patience because I think like uh, it's hard to – like you can have a super positive attitude. You go out. You're like, I'm going to go be cheery. I'm going to go ask this person to hang out with me. I'm going to, you know, smile at everyone. And you might be received with scowling and um, negative answers. But I don't think that is – you shouldn't give up after that. I think you have to keep doing it. You have to be persistent And you also have to recognize that other people are complete human beings that have feelings. So they might just be having a bad day, or they might just not be feeling it today. So if you are patient with them and persistent, you might have better results. And if you don't, then you just try with somebody else. But I don't think... I think if you try that a couple times and you throw your hands in the air and give up, then that's more on your side than on anybody else's. Like, I don't think you can blame a city for for not no. having any friends and i feel
0: like the the one thing that is good to keep in mind is that nobody owes anybody anything that city yeah. doesn't owe you a good time and those people don't owe you a good time and that's the oh. funny thing about that article that i think chris had where is that people are like i deserve lots of friends and you're like do you though
2: yeah <laughs> or or i deserve people to treat me a certain way how come people are not treating me this way And yeah. it's like well are you treating people that way or like, you're like
0: your expectations are what like like where'd you get those expectations Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's interesting. And it is funny um, because I feel like recently uh, my – like the idea of home is interesting. My family has – everybody except for my brother. um, I have two brothers and a sister and some parents. And everybody except for my brother, Tony, um, moved to Minneapolis-St. Paul. And so now my hometown – My home is here for sure because my family is all here now. I mean, they're all here Mm -hmm. except for Tony and someday maybe he'll come here. Who knows? But but it is very interesting where like going home, I don't have a home where my parents are anymore because they don't own that house. That house is somebody else's now and it's not my city anymore, you know? Yeah. And so it's interesting thinking about like what makes your hometown your hometown. Mm-hmm. Um and it's yeah. also it is funny, you know, and it's funny Chris's family everybody except um for Chris at one point had moved from the far reaches of the universe from Portland They, they
3: spread out to Portland, New York and then Minneapolis and and then just Stevens the yeah. And then they all came back after like seven years or something
0: so everybody's in the midwest and everybody's a lot closer and some of them are actually down near madison again yep mm-hmm. so they, they actually all were did in go. madison
3: and now they've started to spread out again
0: <laughs>
3: strangely <laughs> enough but not as far this time
0: and your some of your family is has returned to that area
1: yeah so when my parents first got married they moved to colorado for a couple years and then moved back and not because everyone was there but moved back for a job and so it was sort of like they went away and then came back and everyone has been in like the Kansas City or Kansas side of things for a really long time and then my aunt and uncle just moved to Nebraska and so they're all starting to move back out and so for a lot. But what about your sister? Um, so I have one sister who's going to school near St. Louis, and then my other, oh, my sister that moved here is back in Kansas City, um, and she really likes it. I think she's also had, like, a refresh of perspective, too, because for a long time, I mean, she's always liked it, mostly because all our close friends are there, um, but I think it has given her, like, anytime you have distance from something, you realize how much you liked it, you know, and so I think she enjoys being there, and understands that it's, like, where she wants to be now. And not just that she didn't try anything else. And so I think it's really good for her. Um But for a long time, I was the only one that lived out of state.
0: And see, isn't that yeah. funny that almost all of our families have somehow moved back mm-hmm. together somehow. To, like, yeah. the place where that everybody tried to escape from in the first place. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like...
2: Well, I mean, escape. Maybe escape. Escape makes it sound like they were leaving i think them. when you're in well, high school it is an escape. you're like i'm out of yeah. here yeah because so long
0: yeah no it is it's just like i need to get away from every single thing and do my own thing and yeah. i feel like that is definitely that time in your life too where people feel that way they're like i need you to think- move out of my parents place and i need to have some autonomy and i need to do whatever and then later you're like i there's a lot of things that i like and i like being close to certain things you know Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Francesca?
2: Do you think it's dangerous to move away from a place and then come back expecting like this? I, I think some people will move back and think it's going to be rosy, beautiful times, that they partially are fictional because you imagine in your head that it's going to be a certain way, and then also they're partially not relevant anymore because places and people change. I
1: don't know if people would think it was rosy. Like I think anyone who has ever left their hometown like could see why they didn't want to be there the first time you know or maybe yeah. they moved for a job and love their hometown i don't know but i feel like most people who leave are like these are the reasons that i'm leaving these are things i don't like about it and so when they come back they have like come to terms with dealing with those things and as it's, well as the other things just
0: like what i was saying before i don't think that i mean i feel like your expectations need to be normal I feel yeah. like as a person, like, again, that place doesn't owe you anything. Like, yes. like, everybody that you knew doesn't owe you anything. And it's about how you're going to create your new life in a familiar space. And so, I mean, I feel like it is completely up to you to decide how you're going to handle your return, you know, mm-hmm. or your departure or whatever combo. And I feel like that's... It's sometimes hard to know that that is your responsibility, I think. I think some people are probably expecting something, you know, or just, you know, maybe like you said, they're they're expecting some like rosy something. Um, yeah. But I do think that, I mean, it's wishful thinking. And if you don't have wishful thinking, then what do you have? I mean, I think that's healthy to think the best, but it's also a good idea to work towards it. Yeah, well, I mean, not just to be practical, but if you if you want something, you better work for it, you know? Yeah. And, like, if you want it to be amazing, you have to do your part of it. And I think that that's a totally fine way to approach, like, moving in general. It's like, if you really want it to be your dream thing, like Chris was saying, somebody does it to chase a dream, then you better work hard on your dream while you're there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to be real crappy later, <laughs> you know? Yeah, But yeah. I don't know, but I, I feel like... Um, it is really funny, and I think maybe there's like a time period of like i don't know anywhere between like what four years to ten to fifteen years of people all of a sudden find an appreciation in the familiar or like in the things that they have nostalgia for or like you know I can't even i I'm sure this is just a just how old I am, but um. I have a couple friends that on Facebook were from high school that are just now reliving high school stuff. Like I see photos of like weird cheerleading competitions and like.
1: Like they're looking back through photos? They're or- looking back
0: through like, like they're having like pangs of like, this is the good old days, you know, and like oh, going weird. through like all of like the acting stuff or whatever I mean it's it's people I was very close to so I I know all this stuff and I you know and you think about it and you're like oh yeah that's that's when that was happening but it's funny because I I think I also was looking through some weird photos on my desktop in a folder called desktop three or something like that (laughs) it was just a bunch of random stuff from the days when we used to have a giant clump of friends come over to play rock band all the time and I see how young we were and you know some people that we don't see anymore Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I think when you look back at stuff like that, you're like, oh, yeah, at that time, those are my closest friends and that was what I was doing. And this is who I was and this is where I was, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's interesting to read an article or to hear you guys read an article about <laughs> how people expect to have these like really powerful moments. But a lot of that, I think, comes in retrospect and like looking backwards at things that you thought were not very significant at the time, but you realize they actually were, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like feelings yeah. that you actually know now were like important parts of your life, but um but that's kind of how I feel about it, you know, about the idea of home and like what it actually is and what it actually means.
2: Mm-hmm. I think you can the some of it is also like it's weirdly super custom because so i I actually came and visited last week, and it made me think about Minneapolis a lot, and I'd been thinking about all the things that I like about it, and I can do I will do a compare contrast. Inherently, even though I don't want to, between where I'm living now and Minneapolis, but the interesting thing is, I work with somebody who is also from Minneapolis, and he moved ten years ago. In fact, it's funny. He says, "The how does it work the the day that I moved to Seattle, my first day of work in Seattle was his ten year anniversary there." Weird. Weird. And he is super weird. Maybe it's a time paradox. (laughs) Maybe it's you. (laughs) No, it's it's. well, hind whatever
3: does he look like he is his name Francisco, but <laughs> definitely
2: he has a giant beard um, butt cheek. He does have nice hair, oh, not that I have nice hair, but. <laughs> um but he so he moved to Seattle ten years ago. He's from Minnesota originally. Uh, he went to school in Minneapolis and he lived in Minneapolis for a while and i when I first met him and we talked at work, I was like. I don't think I'll ever like when people ask me where I'm from, I say Minneapolis, even though I'm not from Minneapolis, I'm actually from Michigan. But, and so I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm ever going to like shake that. Like that's where I'm from. And he's, and he's like, well, for, for him, he did eventually. He's like, when people ask where I'm from, I'm from Seattle, Seattle. I love Seattle. It's far more my home than Minneapolis is. And I'm, you know, he's kind of proud of that. Um, And so I, like, I think about that, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's going to happen to me. I don't know what happens. I don't know how people decide their alliance. Like, for instance, I, I apparently switched allegiance because I am not... I wasn't even born in the same state, but I. when people ask me where I'm from, I say Minneapolis. So, I don't know. I think, well, it also probably has something to do... Like, like when I talked with him about it, or I talked with other friends about it, I think it has something to do with, like, your... Like I say that I grew up in Minneapolis and by growing up, I mean that I became the person that I am right now, but I technically, I grew up in Michigan. I became uh, an older person in Michigan. Well, I don't think there's Michigan. a
3: formula of when you make the switch. I think some people, it's just like, it's just, just something that happens eventually. Yeah. Right. Our or it never Adam, happens. Some people, it never happens. Well, yeah, him.
0: that's what I I, I was going to say. Our friend Adam hates Minneapolis, and he continues to tell us every day, even though he's Still? been here for, like, 15 years. Yeah. and so What the heck is he doing Iowa? Oh, Boone, Iowa.
1: Is Iowa... Is it more interesting? <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> sure. I feel like... But I feel like he's like, hmm, Minnesota. And then you're like, what are you... What? And so it is really... It's like some people never adopt the place that they're in either. They're, like, constantly looking for... Uh, something to be better or cooler and i feel like that's just personality right right yeah yeah but it is really interesting and so i don't know i i like minneapolis i felt like it was my home Mm -hmm. i am proud of all of its weird quirks like you were talking about friends you know where i like minneapolis because it's horrible in the winter
3: yeah i I was gonna say i would like anywhere i think i could find a home anywhere as long as it wasn't hot florida too often oh
0: as long as it wasn't florida that's funny yeah i
3: can deal with cold i love cold but man i cannot deal with hot
0: hot and muggy yeah well some people love it we actually um jessica rue came and visited yesterday um with her family and she just moved to florida where it's 90 degrees she said and we all were like we all went
3: "Ah," and died inside
0: (laughs) and she's like i'm a hot weather person we were like oh good then you're in the right place and then we like looked around
3: she's a vulcan
0: a Vulcan? Oh yeah, their their land is hot, hot. I, I, I I'm surprised, because
2: like, like in my head, I think weather shouldn't matter that much, but it definitely does. It definitely definitely matters. Oh, it totally a lot. does.
0: It totally does. But I think that's the I don't know. Maybe there's just a million things why people feel like they're at home or they need to escape or whatever yeah. but
1: i would never move to florida because there's so many old people oh my god that's like <laughs> I my fantasy
0: all no. i want is just a pile of old people, well, and a pile of of people.
3: cold dry old people
0: cold dry old people yeah that's, that's what, what I want? you want yeah no, I want moisturized soft old people soft, old people. No, soft and what? flappy <laughs> yeah. Man, I love old people so much, you guys. That's fine, Jenny. I'll take all your old people. When you're an old ancient lady, I'll take care of you if if I'm still alive. Okay. (laughs) So as you guys know, if you have opinions about where a good hometown is or why things are homey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, where can people send their, uh, their comments about what makes a home a home?
3: You can email us at podcast at lightgrayartlab.com. If you want to shout it to the world, you can find us on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab. You can also like us on Facebook. Find out about upcoming shows, calls for art, cookie parties, and game nights. All sorts of things uh, just by hitting the old like button on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr. We are Light Gray Art Gallery. So just watch that little change there. And then you can also, what else? Instagram, like Rare Art Lab on Instagram. And we've been posting up a storm, I think. And then finally, you can subscribe to the show on the iTunes Music Store or stream it directly on Stitcher Radio.
0: Thanks again, you guys, for listening today. And we'll talk to you soon.